When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Yes, you are listening to Sports Day on this Monday night on SEN. Thanks to Kia and Maccas, Adam White and Bryce McGain with you. And we're now going to talk tennis as we go live out to Melbourne Park. And we are joined by Mark Zafoulis, who's got plenty to talk to. Uh, There's plenty of action, all sorts of things going. We can even go back to last night and get Mark's thoughts on Alex Diminar crashing out in five sets. Mark, thanks very much for joining us. Absolute pleasure, guys. Thanks for having me. Where do you want to start? I'll let you dictate where we go first. Oh, look, I think there's been plenty of talk about Alex Demonor, hasn't there? And, and he's obviously five-set uh, epic last night. And, yeah, what a tough one it was for Alex. And, uh, you know, look, he, he gave it everything. And we know that Alex, will never, we can never question his effort and his intent on the court. And he has a crack every time he's out there. And got two sets to one up, but just couldn't sustain the level. And, you play a guy like uh, Rublev, and, and he's just exceptional at bringing the heat for five sets. So, you know, if you want to be one of the best players in the world, you're going to compete at the later end of these Grand Slams. You're going to have to be able to play the five sets and play them at the level of a top five player. So Alex wasn't able to do that and uh, unfortunately goes out and bows out in the fourth round. So, Mark, I want to talk a little bit more about Alex because I think it's important to put it into context that we're talking about Rublev playing being a top five player in the world. Now, Alex Diminor is now a top 10 player in the world, but it's not like he was playing someone ranked 30. This was uh, going in, always going to be a difficult match for Alex. But does he have to have more weapons to his game to be able to crack it into that, you know, that next level, that top echelon to get himself into Grand Slam semifinals that are played over five sets and not just rely on his, his court um, coverage, his counter-punching, that sort of thing to, to get the results we all want him to have? Oh, you hit the nail on the head absolutely spot on. I had the same conversation with my dad who was having a bit of a go at Alex last night and I sort of <laughs> said to him the same thing, you know, to be able to win a Grand Slam, there's something that you need, you know, that gives you the free points, cheap points. You know, at the moment I'm currently watching Zverev and the ability for him to be able to pop a serve every now and again and win a cheap point, whereas Alex He's having to play, you know, five, six, seven, eight balls per rally. And, you know, his lateral movement is exceptional. But, you know, it's very hard to do that over five sets against the world's best. And, you know, to, to have to beat a Rublev, then maybe a Djokovic or a Tsitsipas or a Cam Norrie or an Alex Verev, you know, they're going to have weapons. They're going to be able to win the cheap points and, and save their energy. But, you know, Alex doesn't seem to have that at the moment. His weapon is his, his legs. His wheels are incredible. He gets every ball. But over five sets, it's a big difference. So, you know, playing, you know, for him to beat these big players at, you know, United Cup at the start of the year was a great outcome. But again, it's a best of three set match. So, you know, this is where the challenge is. And this is why the best players in the world are the best players. And, you know, we, we have to admire the Rappers and Rogers and, and Novaks for what they've been able to do over long periods of time. Because, 
you know, it's very hard to beat them in a best, best of five set format. So, Mark, we, there's often been a lot of comparisons between Diminar and, and also Hewitt. If we go back, well, nearly 20 years, uh, it's, yeah. it's scary to think it was 19 years since uh, Hewitt got through to that final against Safin at the Australian Open. But, but at the end of the day, Leighton got to number one in the world. He won two Grand Slams and competed with the best regularly. But he didn't have necessarily the weapons either. What, what is it that Alex needs to do? And also, what is it that Leighton had that, that Alex didn't have? Because the other argument is that the way the game's played these days, the big guns do have the real big weapons that perhaps wasn't the case when Hewitt was playing. Yeah, you're absolutely spot on with that as well. The, the power is definitely in the game at the moment. Sports science has changed a lot in 20 years. And, you know, you're seeing these players come out now and able to do so many different things. And, Look, you know, I think the other thing Leighton had that, you know, we probably underestimate was his competitiveness. And, you know, whilst Alex is an unbelievable competitor, I think, you know, to put him in the same uh, conversation as Leighton is probably a bit unfair on Leighton because he was just such a uh, an unbelievable competitor. He was able to find ways when, you know, you thought he was out of matches. Demon was a great mover. He's a real good competitor, but not at that same level yet. And I think that's, you know, probably the word I want to use because I think Alex is still growing as a, as a player and as an individual. And, you know, he has tried to beef up the serve and beef up the forehand a little bit. And, and as we saw in the, in the United Cup, he tried to come forward to the net as much as he possibly could and, and change the game that he's probably had for so long in, in that counter-punching style. But for him to be able to, to win matches is another thing. You know, he's, he's able to save points and get the balls and make you, you know, make an error through consistency, but he needs to be able to win points. And, and that's going to be his, his biggest thing moving into his next part of his career. And, you know, you think he's probably going to start hitting his straps now. And most most men start hitting their straps around the 25, 26 mark. And that's probably where we're going to see the best of Alex Demonor, hopefully. And hopefully he can start to, you know, create some other weapons in his game apart from his wheels. Mark, just covering off the action in the men's last night, uh, some predictable results in terms of Sinner getting through in straight sets. Djokovic as well through dominantly in straight sets. I think he's over his cold that he had earlier on and the croaky voice. He is uh, starting to really fire up and get into his work in the second week. But the probably, I don't know whether it was an upset or not, but Taylor Fritz um, was really remarkable over Tsitsipas. Um, and it was his serve that really set things up, probably the bit that Alex uh, misses in his game. But uh, it was pretty impressive. Yeah, look, Fritz is playing some really good tennis. And I think at the same time, probably Tsitsipas has been a little bit behind the eight ball from the start of the year. And I don't think he's probably hit his straps at the start of the year. He was carrying a slight little back injury into the Australian Open. And there was question marks whether or not he would take his place in the event. But obviously did. And look, Fritz, you know, that doesn't take away from what Taylor Fritz was able to do. And I think his, his big serve, big forehand game, as we talked about Alex not having the weapons, Taylor Fritz, possesses something that you know you really need to be able to take that next step and that's obviously some weapons in his game and if he needs a cheap point he uses the big serve big forehand patterns um you know and Tsitsipas couldn't last yesterday in that match and obviously he gets through and you you're right about Novak I think you know we probably all saw him winning four sets in the first two rounds and think geez it's not the same Novak that we've seen over the last 11 12 13 years but then you know he, he makes uh, mincemeat of Manorino who's a top 20 player in the world and uh, only loses three games for the entire match. So, you know, Novak is another one who's starting to hit his form, you know, later in this tournament. Is over the cold, which looks like a really good thing, but not so good for his opponents who are probably seeing a, a better version of him than the start. 
No, definitely not. And there's a game going on at the moment, just swinging into today's action. Um, Zverev uh, against Norrie. Norrie took the second set there, um, probably the underdog, the the uh, English uh, player, but uh, two sets to one at the moment, and they, they hit the fourth set. Uh, does that look to be going towards form with Zverev um, over the top? Yeah, well, it's interestingly enough, Zverev had a break early in that second set as well, had a break up, and then Cam Norrie then went on a rampage and won five games in a row to win that set. And, um, you know, Zverev has now steadied a little bit, won the third, and um, it's just the start of the fourth set now with uh, Cam Norrie serving at 40-15 in the first game. But interestingly, uh, Cam has employed a former Australian champion doubles player who won Wimbledon many years ago, Stephen Huss, in his corner this year, which has been a really good um, addition to his team. He's got his own coach, but Steve Huss will do 10 weeks a year with Cam Norrie, which is a really, really good addition for, for Cam, who has shown that he can do some damage in the later end of the tournament. Um, left-handed player, really hard to play, can come forward, can play back, and he's really pushing Zverev in this match. So it'll be interesting to see how it goes and whether or not it does go to five now. We're talking to Mark Safoulis uh, with all the news from Melbourne Park. So wins also today for Hercats. Uh, Medvedev got through in fourth as well after a little bit of a scare in the third set, but won the fourth set 6-1. I'm interested in the, in the women's side of things, particularly this half of the draw that's playing today. It is a total raffle. <laughs> it's a massive raffle, isn't it? I, um, I've been yeah, really interested in the women's part of the game and, and seeing these results, like Yastremska today beating Ali, uh, um, as a ranker, who's a former champion, obviously. Um, and Yastremska has come through qualifying and she's through to the uh, quarterfinal, which is absolutely incredible to to know that you've come through three rounds of qualifying, you've won four rounds of the main draw, you've played seven matches already, and uh, you know, you're still at the start of the second week. So she's had an amazing event, former top player, but has dropped out um, through injury over the last couple of years. And, and she'll play another first-timer in a quarterfinal, uh, Linda Noskova, 19-year-old, ranked 50 in the world, and she makes her debut in the quarterfinal of a Grand Slam, got through Spitalina today, uh, another... Super tennis player, but she was three love up and Spitalina pulled the pin. Obviously um, got injured in the second game, running for a short ball, did her back and had to pull the pin on the match. So two first-time quarterfinalists playing each other in the Australian Open. So that's a, a really open draw, if you can say it, on the women's side. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. And then there's been a bit of conjecture, particularly on social media, around uh, yes, yes, Stremska and the, the non-shaking of the hand with Azarenka afterwards. Well, because Yastremska is from Ukraine and Azarenka is from Belarus, they don't shake hands because of what's going on in Ukraine at the moment with the invasion. So whether it's a Russian player or a Belarusian player, uh, the Ukraine, this has been going on for quite some time now. They, there's no acknowledgement at all. It did look a bit weird at the, at the net, um, but that is why that has happened. So we've got Alcaraz playing tonight, Mark. Um, is he... It does feel like he's playing extremely well. And we know that Novak only really takes things seriously in the second week. Is it, <laughs> is it out of those two or do we, could we see another one sort of popping up and putting a bit of pressure on those two obvious ones? Well, I think, I think it's probably the widest open men's side okay. of the draw that, that has been in the last 10 years. I think Novak has been the standout player for such a long time. But when you look at players like Sinner who have really tested Novak over the course of the last 12 months, um, you've got Hercats as a big weapon player. You've got Medvedev, who has shown he's, made, he's played two finals in the Australian Open already, knows what to do in these big moments. 
Zvera's probably playing in career best form. And you've got Alcaraz, who is back from injury. I think, you know, you've got, you know, some really, really good talented players now in the back half of this event. Uh, you know, obviously my pick's going to be still Novak, no doubt. And I think, you know, if I was to pick against him, I'd be crazy after winning 10 of these. But I think you look at the, the draw now and you can see some players with big weapons can play. All of these players can play in these, you know, deeper part of the draws. Uh, you know, I think there's a, a bit more to it than probably we all think, and it's not going to be as easy as, as Novak probably has had it in the past. What are you looking forward to uh, checking out tonight? Oh, I think, look, Alcaraz, you know, the tw- for 20 years of age, to, to be obviously being number one in the world at some part last year and now obviously sitting at number two in the seedings, I mean, he's just an incredible player. I'd love to see him uh, really get through the draw, hopefully play a Novak. It'd be a mouthwatering uh, final to see him and Novak playing. And um, it'd be actually nice to see someone different win the Australian Open for once and see an Alcaraz at 20 years of age do that. But, you know, I just love the way he goes about it. He's uh, got the energy. He's got the, the Spanish mentality, the Spanish bull. Uh, they like to call him the next rapper coming through, but he can actually play forward at the baseline, which I really love. Uh, his, you know, tennis forward of the baseline is as good as his tennis behind the baseline. So a bit different to the Spanish of old, but I, I'd love to see, you know, Alcaraz go really deep in this event. Mark, thanks very much for your time. Uh, as always, I'm sure we'll catch you again before the end of the week. No, thanks so much for having me and enjoy the tennis tonight.